Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. I'm your host, Brian Bonner, from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And I'm here with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American patriots. Oh, what are we talking about this evening? All right. We start the show with a liberty quote. We will tell you about the most obscure founding father ever. The Second Amendment report, the Fuzzy Muzzy report, what is Planned Parenthood up to now, and the Looney Tooney Global Warming report if we get to it. Color me skeptical. Yeah, uh, we are not going to be talking about anything that anyone else is talking about because there's more news out there than the crap that's going on in Washington. Sorry, just telling you how I feel. Well, good then. <clears throat> and I'm still under the weather, so. A Liberty Quote from Liberty Quotes. Life, faculties, production, in other words, individuality, liberty, property, this is man. And in spite of the cutting of artful political leaders, these three gifts from God precede all human legislation and are superior to it. Frederick Bastiat. It's actually from the law. You should get the if you don't have the law by Bastiat, you should get it because it's it's really not that much. It's not that thick. It's just kind of thin. Uh, so it's a real good jump start into understanding natural rights. Yeah, and read the Declaration of Independence again, because ladies and gentlemen, we're here. Okay. Oh, we're starting this time. Making sure to get this in. That's what I've been doing. The most obscure founding father ever. From World Net Daily. John Langdon was born in Portsmouth, New Hampshire in 1741 and grew up as a member of the North Congressional Congregational Church where his distant relative, future Harvard professor, uh, president, 
Reverend Samuel Langdon was pastor from 1747 to 1774. Do you know this founding father? What founding father? John Langdon. No, I, I don't think so. That's why he's the most obscure founding father ever. I mean, I might have read about him, but I don't remember. Well, then he wasn't in the convention? No, I don't, I don't believe so. Um, I, I, I didn't memorize all the names of the convention. There were, like, a lot of delegates at the convention. I think it was 50-something. So, those kind of numbers I usually don't memorize. Anyway, so uh, <clears throat> other notable individuals who had worshipped at North Congressional Church include William Whipple, signer of the Declaration of Independence, Daniel Webster, Secretary of State, John Paul Jones, Navy hero, George Washington, First President. At the age of 22, John Langdon became a sea captain, like his older brother, Woodbury. Langdon. They would sail back and forth to the West Indies. The British imposed trade restrictions with the Revenue Act of 1764 and the Stamp Act of 1765. When John Langdon sailed back into Portsmouth Harbor, the British seized his cargo of sugar and rum, similar to how the British in Boston's harbor seized John Hancock's ship Liberty. Oh, I remember this guy now. Yeah, this is uh, this came right after 1763, uh, the Revenue Act, Stamp Act. So, yeah, we definitely covered that. And uh, and yeah, the Langdons held or breaking the trade embargo, so to speak, uh, going back and forth, bringing stuff to the colonies that they weren't supposed to. The British Tea Act provoked the Boston Tea Party. December 16, 1773. It also provoked the Annapolis Tea Party and the burning of the ship Peggy Stewart. In New Hampshire, citizens refused to allow any British ship carrying tea from landing in the Portsmouth Harbor. King George III issued a royal order October 19, 1774, banning the export of gunpowder and arms to America. When word reached Portsmouth, John Langdon led 400 men to capture British Fort William and Mary in Newcastle, seizing arms and 100 barrels of gunpowder. In 1775, John Langdon was elected a delegate to the Continental Congress. He was later, uh, as was later his brother, Woodbury Langdon. In 1776, John Langdon oversaw the building of American warships, including the Ranger, which he recommended be captained by John Paul Jones. John Langdon was elected Speaker of the New Hampshire House, 1776 to 1782, where he championed fiscal responsibility, recommending the use of silver and gold instead of paper currency. When the British recaptured Fort Ticonderoga, I was there, not not back then, when I was a kid, uh, Speaker John Langdon reportedly told the legislature, I have $3,000 in hard money. 
I will pledge the plate in my house for 3000 more. And I have 70 hogshead of tobacco rum, which shall be disposed of for what it will bring. These and the avails of these are at the service of the state. If we defend our homes and our firesides, I may get my pay. If we do not defend them, the property will be of no value to me. John Langdon built seven ships, which he rated British ships. So he, made, he built ships with which he rated British ships. As a colonel, John Langdon led a voluntary company of soldiers to fight at Saratoga, where they witnessed the surrender of British General Burgoyne. John Langdon commanded soldiers in 1778 with John Sullivan's army in Rhode Island. In 1784, John Langdon was a state senator, and in 1785, he was elected president of New Hampshire. As president of the state of New Hampshire, John Langdon issued a proclamation for a day of public fasting and prayer, February 21st, 1786, that the citizens of this state may with one heart and voice penitently confess their manifold sins and transgressions and fervently employ the divine benediction that a true spirit of repentance and humiliation may be poured out upon all orders and degrees of men and a complete and universal reformation take place that he would be pleased to bless the great council of the United States of America and direct their deliberations to the wise and best determinations. Above all, that he would rain down righteousness upon the earth, revive religion, and spread abroad the knowledge of the true God, the Savior of man throughout the world. In 1786, John Langdon was a delegate to the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, where he signed the U.S. Constitution. Well, I was wrong. It was there. See, I told you I didn't know. On February 13, 1788, New Hampshire convened a convention to ratify the U.S. Constitution, but disagreements almost caused the state to vote against it. Governor John Langland decided to... Well, I think I was like, ah! My computer just completely whacked out on me. What the heck is going on here? Um, wow, that was, it just scrolled fast all the way through, all the way through it, and it wouldn't stop. All right, where was I? Oh yeah, John Langdon uh, uh, decided to temporarily postpone the convention and schedule New Hampshire's annual fasting day, a day fixed by the governor to be observed April the 10th, 1788 to be kept as a day of fasting, of humiliation, and prayer. After the day of fasting, New Hampshire reconvened its ratifying convention on June 18, 1788, and after hearing Reverend Samuel Langdon's address, the Republic of the Israelites, an example to the American states, the New Hampshire delegates voted to ratify the U.S. Constitution June 21, 1788. 
New Hampshire was the ninth state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. This fulfilled the necessary requirement of two-thirds of the states, and thus the Constitution officially went into effect. No, it did not. That is untrue. It did not go into effect till 1789. You can look it up. I had this argument with some guy who printed up a bunch of shirts and said, living under the Constitution since 1788. No, we didn't. did not go into effect until 1789. So, uh, no, they, they after that ratification, it still, we still were not living under the Constitution. It did not go into effect. After ratifying the U.S. Constitution, the delegates of New Hampshire thanked God, acknowledging with grateful hearts the goodness of the supreme ruler of the universe and affording the people of the United States in the course of his providence, an opportunity, deliberately and peaceably, without fraud or surprise of entering into an explicit and solemn compact with each other, by assenting to and ratifying a new constitution, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to themselves and their prosperity, posterity, do in the name and behalf of the people of the United States of New Hampshire, wait a minute, that, I, I blew something up there, uh, blessings of liberty to themselves, posterity, do in the name and behalf of the people of the state of New Hampshire, assent to a and ratify the said Constitution for the United States of America. And I'm having problems with my eyes now. That's a really uh, important part when they say to form a more perfect union. And a lot, a lot of people don't get that because they don't realize that we had Articles of Confederation and it wasn't working like you always say. A more perfect, there's no such thing as perfection, only God is perfect. Anyway, the delegates of New Hampshire continued, recommending limits be put on the new federal government, and as it is the opinion of this convention that certain amendments and alterations in the said Constitution would remove the fears and quiet the apprehensions of many of the good people of this state, and more effectually guard against an undue administration of the federal government. Don't tell me this is where we ended up. No. Tell me this is not why we have the Bill of Rights. It was a stupid decision to put the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. I know people get upset when I say that. They think that it is the Constitution. But if uh, if you understood the Constitution, you'd understand that the government and the, the way it was originally written didn't have the power to do any of those things it said it couldn't do. But you put a bunch of words in there, a bunch of political judges took advantage of it. So let's put more words in it. Woohoo! Have a party! No, thank you. That all powers, not expressly and particularly delegated by the aforesaid Constitution, are reserved to the several states to be and by them exercised that there shall be one representative to every 30,000 persons, 
nor shall Congress in any case take regulations contrary to a free and equal representation, that Congress do not lay direct taxes, that no ah, standing army shall be kept in time of peace. Yeah, notice how they, they violate every part of the Constitution. Be, uh, <clears throat> Nor shall soldiers in time of peace be quartered upon private houses without the consent of the owners. Congress shall make no laws touching religion or to infringe the rights of conscience. Congress shall never disarm any citizen. Governor John Langdon wrote to George Washington, I have the great pleasure of informing your excellency that this state has this day adopted the federal constitution, thereby placing the keystone in the great arch. In 1788, John Langdon was elected New Hampshire's first U.S. senator, where he traveled to the U.S. Capitol in New York City. The U.S. Senate elected him president of the Senate, where he counted the votes of the Electoral College where George Washington was elected the first president. John Langdon wrote the letter informing George Washington that had been elected. On April 30th, 1789, John Langdon administered the oath of office to the nation's first vice president, John Adams. Returning to New Hampshire, John Langdon was elected governor, where he issued a proclamation, October 10th, 1805. Boy, he's a busy guy. Well, and look at this type of a man he is. And look what we have up there now. Schumer? Sinister Schumer? He couldn't walk He couldn't walk behind these guys' shoes. He couldn't shine his shoes. McConnell, these people, these, these men, so-called men, are disgraced men. They have no honor. Well, they, they think that's just a funny notion. Uh, where were they? Uh, oh, yeah, 1805. Acknowledging the nation's victory over the Muslim Barbary pirates of North Africa. Wow. Wow. What it, right here, just like I always say, and probably a lot of you don't believe me and don't look it up. Yep. Muslim Barbary Pirates of North Africa. Guess where Libya is, Susan? North Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, it has been customary to set apart a certain day for publicly recognizing their dependence upon Almighty God for protection and that they might express their gratitude to Him for all blessings and mercies received and implore a continuance of them. I therefore appoint Thursday, the 28th day of November, as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, in praising and adoring Almighty God, and in offering up our thanks to Him as the great author of every good and perfect gift, for the termination of our contest with one of the African powers, the liberation of our fellow citizens from bondage. Governor John Langdon continued, but above all, for the inestimable blessings of the gospel of peace and salvation, the means of grace and hopes of future glory, through the merits of a crucified Savior, that he would bless the means used for the promulgation of his word, and make pure religion and morality more and more abound. 
Gee, all this separation of church and state, I'm just not feeling it. In 1797. Yeah, but you know, you notice how New Hampshire put in that they no one's going to take anybody's guns away. I mean, like, that's just it. You are not taking guns there away. Were about 200 uh, of these amendments sent to James Madison that had to sort through and par them down. A lot of what they were asking for is in the Bill of Rights, just worded differently. Right, it should have been worded, no one takes anyone's guns. Well, you blame I that on James Madison and, and or whoever he is to put it together. Because then they would, because people, those, they don't seem to know what shall means. Uh, you could, Webster hasn't ruined that word yet. You can look it up. You mean, oh yeah. Miriam. Miriam. No, Webster was a good guy. Miriam was the bad one. Yeah. And I told you they bought up the 1800 dictionary that I used to reference online. They bought it over. And that now it says everything just like it does in the Webster Mary Dictionary. All the old term uh, meanings are gone. That doesn't help you when you're trying to understand a historic document. Anyway. Uh, hmm. In uh, 1797, John Langdon helped save escaped slave Oni Judge from being taken by slave catchers. Oni Judge learned to read and became a Christian. Four years before the American Bible Society was founded, John Langdon founded the New Hampshire Bible Society in 1812 and served as its first president. The Bible Society's goal was to put a Bible in every New Hampshire home. In retirement, John Langdon was visited in 1817 by President James Monroe. As the newspaper reported, while at Portsmouth, the president spent that part of the Sabbath, which was not devoted to public divine service, with that eminent patriot and Christian, John Langdon. His tarry was probably longer than the time devoted to any individual in New England. John Langland died September the 18th, 1819. While governor, John Langland had issued a proclamation October the 21st, 1785. It therefore becomes our indispensable duty not only to acknowledge in general with the rest of mankind our dependence on the supreme ruler of the universe, but as a people peculiarly favored to testify our gratitude to the author of all our mercies in the most solemn and public manner, to celebrate the praises of our divine benefactor, to acknowledge our own unworthiness, confess our manifold transgressions, implore his forgiveness, and treat the continuance of those favors which he had been graciously pleaded to bestow upon us, that he would bless our seminaries of learning and spread the gospel of his grace all over the earth. Now, I do want to point out these quotes that that they're quoting him on, they've been cut and pasted. There's all kinds of dot, dot, dots going through them. So for whatever reason, they cut parts of it out. just want to make sure you understood that. Oh, man. Uh, that guy made me tired. 
That's way too much work. <laughs> yeah, but if we don't tell people about this, it's, you know, it's it just drives me crazy that w what we're going through right now as far as what the heck, who's representing us. It's insanity. These people are not right in the head. I don't know one person up there that's right in the head. I can't name one. Up where? Up in the freaking capital. Trump? That's about it. Oh, well, I was talking about our cockroaches. I wasn't talking Pence. about our president. He's not our cockroaches. Most of the Liberty Caucus. They're pretty damn quiet. What are they doing? They're not doing anything. Well, they, and there's not that many of them. They, they, they're the ones blocking all the crappy legislation. That's why they complain about the Liberty Caucus. We got to get rid of them. They're just, block, they're just stopping anything from getting done. We don't want you to do anything. Go home. Yeah, they don't get that. They think we worship them. And they are gods. No, you're not. Push the button. Mr. President, members of Congress, you've been making a lot of noise about taking our guns away. But you might want to review history. 1835, Gonzales, Texas Territory. The authorities wanted to confiscate the big gun that protected that colony. You know what the people said? Come and take it. Because they were willing to fight for their freedom and their guns. So are we. Come and take it if you want it. Come and take it if you think you can. Come and take it, but I want you. You'll have to buy it from our cold dead hands. We want the freedom that God gave us. So you best not cross that line. If you want this gun, you gotta come through us and take it. One shot at a time. Just like Gonzalez, we're keeping our guns. Thank you, Steve Voss. Of course, that means it's time for the Second Amendment report. From Campus Reform, one of my favorite groups. A sociology professor, oh God, it's in, it's in, the, it's in the terminology. Social's in there. Sociology, socialism, socialist, sociology professor who shot himself in the arm with a twenty-two pistol in a campus restroom to protest Trump remains employed, but students, to protest Trump, I, I think there's supposed to be a comma there, he remains, the professor remains employed, but students say the school has yet to address the incident with the student body. Authorities say... Authorities were called to the College of Southern Nevada on August 28th after several students and faculty saw Professor Emeritus Mark Bird stumbling out of the bathroom bleeding. See, I thought he killed himself. Yeah, no such luck. According to the police report, Bird said he shot himself in the arm in protest of President Trump. You're an idiot. A sociology professor who shot himself in the... You did it. You... No, no, no. They did this. Mm -hmm. Yes, they did this. Nope. I can even see it in the spacing. Okay, here we go. Running to Longley, a police... No, no, no. No, they're not going to tell the kid. That The kids are saying that they're, they're, they're not have yet to address the I already incident. read that. 
Where were you? I we read that. Okay. Um, but this. What? This it something was cut out of that. This part of that paragraph under authorities is missing. Okay, so uh, anyway, back to according to the police report, Bird said he shot himself in the arm in protest of President Trump. Bird, who has been working for the school since 1993, taped a $100 bill to the mirror before carrying out his protest. The bill was left as a tip for the janitors who were left to clean up the bloody mess. This man's an idiot. He should be in a rubber room. He's, he, progressivism is a mental disorder. I keep telling everybody this. He needs a straitjacket, not a, not a bandage. Remington Longley, a political science student, told Campus Reform that he was in the next building over from the shooting when the incident occurred. The school completely covered it up, Longley said, adding that the school never released a statement. It was never addressed by any of my professors. It was completely swept under the rug as far as I'm concerned. According to Longley, most students were under the impression that the professor had killed himself only to find out 14 days later via a report by the Las Vegas Review-Journal what had actually taken place. Without news coverage, he says, students would still be in the dark about the gunshot, crime scene, or police presence they witnessed. The school has made no public offer of counseling or support to the students who witnessed their bloody professor stumbling out of the public restroom. Longley believes the school has kept quiet about the incident because of the p- political nature of the professor's protest, claiming that the university generally favors and protects professors with left-leaning viewpoints. This is the new norm now, where they're going to walk into a bathroom, plug themselves, and then the school's going to sweep it under the rug? He contends that not only are liberal views favored, but the conservative students are being discriminated against on campus. The campus as a whole is a very left-leaning and very discriminatory, uh, well, okay, very discriminatory. We're, we're over. Against anybody who isn't left includes moderates, he stated, adding, if this professor had been a Republican, I feel personally that they would have definitely published everything about the incident. We're going to go to a break. It's a cooperative radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. Coming soon, John McCain and Lindsey Graham star in the tender sequel to Brokeback Mountain, Return to Saddlesore Canyon. You know, Lindsey, you spend a few days out on the campaign trail, away from all the other Republicans, with nothing but your horse, the press, and a few thousand sheep to lead. Well, it makes a man think different, feel different. You know what I mean? You want another back rub? Sure. Then we'll make s'mores. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? 
Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800 215 6813 Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-245-1375 Call right now. That number again is 800-245-1375. Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. Call 800-515-6302. 800-515-6302. 800-515-6302. That's 800-515-6302. 
The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. Ten an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call Quit Drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456, 800-377-1456, that's 800-377-1456. Radio show. Our have a one. Uh, uh, all right, what was it? Sweeping it under the rug. Or... Okay. All right, back to the campus reform and uh, big surprise. Left wing kook professors are protected and uh, Republican and conservative professors are discriminated against. After being treated for his non-life-threatening injury, the 69-year-old bird was arrested and charged with discharging a gun within a prohibited structure or gun-free zone, carrying a concealed weapon without a permit, and possessing a dangerous weapon on school property. CSN photography student Angelique Clark, who arrived on campus just a few hours after the shooting, told campus reform she believes this incident is indicative of a need for change surrounding how firearms are addressed on campus. Learning that this social studies professor shot himself on um, in a gun-free zone campus was a way to protest our president demonstrates two things for me. The first, that gun-free zones don't work in practice, and second, that inciting violence to make a personal political statement is insane, not heroic, she said. The same side that protests Trump is the same side that would rather blame guns than people. No amount of gun-free square feet is going to stop an armed individual with a mental illness and a vendetta. A gun-free zone is like erecting a crime-free zone. The only people who will deface the sentiment are the criminals. If anything... A gun-free zone tells a nefarious individual that their gun-related incident won't see crossfire. Not That's not called crossfire, but never mind. Uh, let's put away the free speech zones and the gun-free zones and the stop hiding from the world. Being closer to reality will equip better equip teachers and students on campus to recognize when a real threat exists and respond effectively, she added. Longley also stated that while he is not afraid to go to school, the incident of a professor firing a firearm into a gun-free zone reinforced his beliefs that students should be able to open carry 
their own guns on campus in order to protect themselves. The College of Southern Nevada told Campus Reform that the professor remains employed at the college but is no longer allowed on any CSN campus, adding that the safety of our faculty, staff, and students has been and will remain the number one priority of CSN. So you've done nothing to address the problem. Gun-free zones don't work. Address the problem. Removing the professor from the campus stage means nothing. And they're still paying him like we do all our freaking stupid bureaucrats. But it doesn't mean anything. There's lots of crazy left-wing professors on campus. I know, I love how they're so anti-gun right until they want to use one. You, have you noticed that? You've got to know he's an anti-gun kook, right? But suddenly, he gets a firearm and shoots himself. Rain. Oh, that's a good thing. Please, God, rain. All right. Uh, I don't want to burn. <laughs> Okie dokie. Anything you want to add about campus reform? No, I, oh, well, I do want to add something. They're getting more and more notoriety, notoriety, yeah, that's it, um, from, like, they have they have their reporters going on, like Mark Levin, Sean Hannity's putting them on their, uh, on his TV show, that's good. And the other one is Campus Reform and, ah, uh, Turning use, Point, USA. No, there's something, and, and another one, too. Yeah, Turning Point's getting um, out there, too. Um, which I'm, I'm glad to see because the rest of them suck. I don't know of any other. Sorry. The rest of the, the news media sucks. Okay. I think everyone listening already knows that. I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm trying to be happy. From World That Daily. Four more states and a number of individuals have been added as defendants to a lawsuit originally against a federal government over its decision to renege on an agreement regarding the sharing of 3D firearm printing technology. Oh, you must have heard this. That was all over the news. That's all they could talk about. Oh, they're printing plastic guns now. First of all, it's against the law to, print, to make a gun that is concealable from a metal detector. That's just not the case. The barrel's going to be metal. The trigger assembly's metal. All the little inner workings are metal. It will not hide from a, from a scanner or an x-ray. Calm down. By the way, people already make ghost guns. It's perfectly legal to put together your own firearm and not register it. And not have any way for the government to know that you didn't have to go get a background check. I got a video on it. <laughs> Just in case. Well, you can, you can build guns the regular way too. But I'm just saying that uh, valuable information. If you know how to build an AR from scratch, then you know how to fix an AR. Maintain an AR. Um... Anyway, so World Net Daily reported last month the Second Amendment Foundation and Defense Distributed were pursuing a federal lawsuit against New Jersey and Los Angeles officials after they threatened a proposal 
to post online 3D printer plans for guns. Uh, there, someone already put put it up on the It's already up. It's already out there. Can't be taken back. So I don't know why we're even discussing this anymore. The judge can say whatever he wants. Someone released it on the internet already. It's there. Once it's there, it's there forever. No matter what a judge says. Um, the settlement of... Oh, that's not... That issue isn't new. The Department of Justice and Defense Distributed already had settled the case in which the DOJ objected to the online sharing of 3D firearm plans. The settlement of that lawsuit would allow Defense Distributed to post its computer files online. However, prior to the August 1st effective date for the resolution, other governmental units launched their own lawsuits. The new compliant, it's complaint, not compliant, filed in the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Texas in Austin names both the New Jersey Attorney General and the Los Angeles City Attorney, accusing them of unconstitutional prior restraint. Now SAF says it has amended its case to add more defendants. The case now also names New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Of course it does. Pennsylvania Governor Thomas Wolf. Of course it does. Susan, this is a good thing, so stop saying it like that. You have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, obviously. Delaware Attorney General Matthew Den, Pennsylvania Attorney General Josh Shapiro, along with original defendants, New Jersey Attorney General Gerber S. Gruel, and Los Angeles City Attorney Michael Fuhr. Those are some weird names. Gruel and Fuhr. The complaint states... The defendants are so eager to abridge the Second Amendment's right to keep and bear arms that they are also willing to abridge the First Amendment as a means of doing so. Under the color of state law, the defendants are denying us our civil and constitutional rights by waging a coordinated and politically fueled campaign to censor defense distributed, said SAF founder Alan M. Gottlieb. What these Public officials are attempting is an unconstitutional exercise of prior restraint, he added. They are trying to prevent Defense Distributed and its founder, Cody Wilson, from exercising free speech. This has turned into a classic First Amendment case, Gottlieb said. Only because this case involves technical information on production of firearm components on a 3D printer have these anti-rights officials acted to squelch it. We cannot allow this to happen. A Bloomberg editorial argued private, <clears throat> privately made guns without serial numbers already are available legally, but the process requires significant expertise. That means the editorial board said it's not a public crisis, safety crisis. Actually, it doesn't require... You could buy all the components that you would need a CNC machine to, to make in a machine shop. You could just buy those pieces as parts. You, that doesn't, you don't have to have anything special to have a, a, a barrel, changing barrels and stuff like that. It's not that hard. Not with an AR, anyway. Um, but it, it does take some knowledge, obviously. That's why they made a video. <laughs> Go out and look for the video. How to make a ghost gun. All right, for bearing arms.
I've always been aware of people who hold up their love of hunting as a shield against criticisms that label them as anti-gun. Montana demon grudge Senator John Tester is such a person. Oh man, he's like an F minus with uh, with the uh, wow well, NRA. Okay, I know you're gonna love ragging on him because we cannot stay. Oh, we apologize. I've never liked this man since he's the first a, time he opened his mouth. He's a snake. He really is. He's a big fat python. And the only reason people like him here is he brings pork barrel home. That's another reason I can't stand him. People don't understand that's unconstitutional. Oh, come on. There's listeners out there that didn't already know that. You also have another little tidbit that you found out about him. Oh, I forget now. Lobbying. Oh, yeah. He said he wasn't going to take any money from lobbyists. People weren't going to be able to be lobbyists, blah, blah, blah. Well, all the people that left and became lobbyists lobbied him, and he actually gets the most money in Washington, D.C., the most money from lobbyists, the most, from the most least represented state in the United States, Montana. Uh, how the heck did what what's so what's he doing? What's he selling to get all this money? Is what I want to know. I can't stand him. Can't, can't, uh. And the people here that are, are conservatives, because I talked, we discussed politics, and they're conservative. They vote Democrat here. The old timers, no matter what, because Democrats are for the working man, and Republicans are for the rich man. My God, but they're both they're both for the rich man, actually. So anyway, John Tester is such a person. He supported a Feinstein-backed bill that would have expanded the NICS system to include people on the terrorist watch list, even though the proposal was in response to the Orlando Pulse shooting and the killer wasn't on the watch list. That alone is sufficient to label someone as anti-gun in my mind, but Tester represents Montana, a state not really known for its liberal policies. How did someone like Tester get elected there? How did this punk get elected governor? Very corrupt state, by the way. While he did it by using hunting as a screen, arguing that he understands it and all that jazz. However, for Tester, it seems hunting is somewhat something that only matters in election years. Uh, well, there's a whole organization out there. I don't know if it's, they're still in existence. I expose them. That were saying they're pro-gun site. And it, you know, was bringing hunters. It was specifically around hunting. But if you found out where all their money was going, there were an anti-gun group that these people were giving their money to joining their organization because they were hunters. And it was a hunting organization. They didn't bother to figure out where their money was going. And so, yeah, gun people were funding idiot groups like that that mislabeled themselves. So be careful out there. You can't trust anybody or anything. There's fake everything out there. It's disgusting, frankly. Montana Senior John, Senator John Tester, a red state Democrat, running for re-election in one of the closest Senate contests this year, has campaigned as a big hunting proponent, sending out mailers to voters that show him on his farm with his gun in his hand, we don't we don't buy that stuff anymore. Sorry, you know, Kerry ruined that for everybody. Everyone knew Kerry was had no 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 gun, no hunting experience, nothing. And suddenly he's out there 
taking pictures, hunting birds. And then he says he's hunting deer with a shotgun, crawling through the woods. <laughs> that was a stat. You know what? You can't do that. It's well, against I, the law. I, you can't I, crawl through the woods in that state. You have to have you up in a stand, I, number one. You don't hunt deer with, you don't hunt deer with a shotgun. Well, there. anyway, that's how stupid he is. But that's even how stupid the people around him. The, what, where the hell was the PR person? They didn't go do their... None of them know anything about guns. They didn't do their due diligence and research it, did they? Well, no, they think they know everything about guns. Idiots. Tester. I hope Montanans don't fall for that crap. Uh, this is why the NRA is important. Anyone that's an F minus by the NRA, you don't vote for them. Period. Not if you want to have guns for whatever reason it is you want guns. The main purpose of firearms, the main idea behind the uh, Second Amendment is to use them to prevent or protect ourselves from a tyrannical government. They said it. They said it. That's what. That's the purpose of making sure everybody had guns, to protect from a tyrannical government. And now you people do, we don't need guns. What are you guns for? Just told you. Oh, you're radical. You want to take up gun- arms against your government? Read the, read the Declaration of Independence. Slowly. As we gear up for hunting season, Montanans know that hunting isn't just a sport. It feeds our families, and it creates lifelong memories with our kids and grandkids. Tester says in the campaign flyer, Montanans are lucky to have some of the best access, longest seasons, and greatest hunting in the world. But according to Montana Fish and Wildlife and Parks, records reviewed by Fox News, Tester hasn't had a hunting license in six years. He last had one in 2012, the same year he was last on the ballot. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nod, nod. Records dating back to 2002 indicate that the agency had no records of Tesla having a hunting or fishing license for 12 out of the last 16 years. In 2012, Tesla had a resident conservation and fishing antelope and hunting access enhancement license. Well, that's a mouthful. The agency said it has no record yet of Tester having a license this year. To be fair, Tester only implies he's a hunter. He doesn't explicitly say so, which his office is now using to justify the deception. The fact is, Tester is a fair-weather friend to hunters and gun owners. He was quick to side with, the Feinst- with Feinstein over a bill that would have barred thousands of innocent people from buying a gun with no recourse. Anyone remotely understanding where it go? Uh, there it is uh, for buying a gun with no recourse. Anyone remotely understanding of the Second Amendment? Anyone remotely understanding of the Second? Uh, no. Anyone remotely understanding the Second Amendment would have recognized the problems with this right off the bat. The measure died, thankfully, but that doesn't absolve him of his sins on this, especially since he last held a hunting license the year of his last campaign. The implication is clear. Tester holds up hunting as a shield, a way to pretend to be pro-gun without having to take a pro-gun stance. He doesn't alienate the DNC, but we have to go to a break. See you on the radio show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. (laughs) 
Director Comey. I told the President, Mr. President, 
With all due respect, you are making a big mistake. Senator Harry from Nevada says Comey broke the law. One Democratic lawmaker is calling on Comey to resign. The FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. I agree with Eric Holder. I think here, um, Director Comey made a great mistake. I call it an October betrayal of long-standing FBI protocol. Sitting FBI director has abused his power. He's acting in concert and coordination with the House Republicans. End of story. I think that uh, Comey acted in an outrageous way. Should he step down? I think he should take a hard look at uh, what he has done. Uh, and I think it would not be a bad thing for the American people. Do you believe that uh, Jim Comey should resign, Senator Reid? Of course. The answer is that he resigns by midnight tonight. All I can tell you is the FBI director has no credibility. Cooperative Radio Show, Hour 2. Before you go on, please tell them about our commercials. We keep forgetting. We should do it like right in the middle, in the beginning. And all the parodies we play, we do have permission. Yes, and uh, Mr. Jefferson was thanks to the Mike Church Band. And other things we played by Paul Shanklin. Saddle sore? Yeah. Oh, by the way... I'm not I, keep, you're supposed to keep track, not me. <laughs> by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care if the man is dead. We're never going to stop playing that. You know it would be cool? He could hear that down in his cell in hell. Oh, now you're talking about the firing Comey montage? Saddle sore. Ow, my ear. Okay, Saddlesaw Canyon. Oh, where were we in this miserable story? I'm embarrassed that he's my senator. Anyway, the implications are clear. He, he hides behind it so he doesn't alienate the DNC and more rapid, rabidly anti-gun folks in his state. But he makes Montanans feel safe and sound. Now, I don't live in Montana, but I do think it might not be a bad idea of the good people of the state to take a long, hard look at the man representing them in the Senate. The, the problem is the old-timers, man, they just, they watch the alphabet news. Uh, they, they, don't, they don't stay informed. They still might even read the local newspaper as as scant as it is. And they just vote D. They just vote. They do not understand that this isn't the party of JFK. Not that it was all that in the JFK. Just saying. I don't know why she just is basing out today. It's the Fuzzy Buzzy Report. Oh... 
Anyway, I'm praying that Montana uh, that Montanans defeat Tester in the upcoming election and get rid of him. So we have some decent representation up there, even though until we get rid of the 17th Amendment, it's still going to be a problem, right? Okay, so, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to vote for him. And again, uh, people, I don't know why they don't think the midterm elections are important. Please turn out for your these midterm elections. They're extremely important. If the Democrats get the House back or the Senate, it's, it's, it's over. Trump agenda is shut down. I had to run outside because I left something that's going to get ruined by the rain. That means you're not prepared. I don't know. I was going to ask you. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know whether to play this, the one we normally play or the new Sudan, whatever. Siddiqa? Yeah, because that's like three minutes long. It's up to you. Play whichever one you like. I usually don't bring out Siddiqa unless we're talking, talking about, about him Sid- or London <laughs> or England. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure because we haven't played him in a long time because we haven't been talking about it. Well, you just did, so now you got to play it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Make up your mind. <laughs> You're just teasing the people out there now. Oh, God. Okay, hold on. That's a really funny one. It's just as long. Oh, I forgot. Uh, she wanted me to talk about that's what I didn't do. That's what you didn't do. We do have paid commercials, as you may have noticed. However, we do not get paid to air them. We only get paid if you call the number in the ad, so please... Write down the number in the ad if you're at all interested in the product. Because if you get there any other way, we won't get paid. The ad company won't get paid. It's not good for the future of Internet Talk Radio. It's not good for anybody. Uh, You have no obligation to buy anything. It's up to me to get you to call the number. It's up to them to make the sale. So that's why I say if at all interested. You don't have to feel pressured to buy anything. I get paid whether you buy it or not. So... um, what else? Now, I want to thank everybody who has been supporting this show in the past month, uh, two months. I mean, really. And all, all over the years, too. We really, really and we do appreciate vet, it. we do vet these commercials. Yes, we, we do. we do present what we think you'd be interested in. And uh, it's an easy way to help support the show. Right? <laughs> if you're going to buy something anyway, might as well help out, help out the Uncooperative Radio Show. You know, we got to eat, too. All right, are we ready? Push the button. Well, London is the safest global city in the world and one of the safest uh, cities in the uh, world. And one of the reasons I can say that London is the safest global city in the world and one of the safest cities in the world is because there were literally tens and thousands of terrorists keeping our cities safe. Safest at all, you might trip over a corpse. We all want you to quit, Sadiq Khan. Here in London, with the religion of peace, they'll throw acid at you. Now it's time to replace Sadiq Khan. 
the gunshots ring out But it's your speech they restrict I'd like to throw off the bridge Sadiq Khan Here in London Diversity is our strength As long as you are left wing You look like a pigeon Sadiq Khan are welcome. You can bring all your wives. The cost of housing is high, Sadiq Khan. Here in London, where the air is toxic, the streets are full of addicts, and the mayor is a prick, Sadiq Khan. Daniel Bostock. Now, now you were saying he does write look. Write that a- down because that whole end I can cut, cut off. Cut off. Okay. It's not necessary. Now, um, you were saying he does look like a pigeon. A little bit, yeah. I've never seen a picture of this idiot. Oh, he's got this poofy head. He tries to look like the Beatles, sort of. No, not the Beatles. What am I thinking of? Well, no, not the Beatles. Throw the like really close cut on the sides of curly puffy stuff on top. <laughs> curly puffy stuff. Yeah, he's a Muslim. Piece of crap. There's no such thing as a good Muslim. The only good Muslim is a dead Muslim. Unless you can prove to me that there's some real reform going on out there by people and I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it and I'm certainly not feeling it. You feel me? Alright, it's time for the Fuzzy Buzzy Report from the Washington Times. Activists said the decision is particularly troubling, given the scope of international need. The United Nations categorized more than 25 million people as refugees. Of course, I will put refugee in place of refugee every time, just in case you haven't figured that out. Same with migrants. They're calling them migrants now. Illegal aliens. No, no, they're calling the refugees now. They've changed it to migrants. Oh, no, over in Europe, they've been called them migrants from the beginning. They're refugees. No, no, they're migrants. Over there, they're migrants. Over here, they're they're refugees. And I didn't get this. uh, I have it. Uh, I'll do it next time. It's their country. They can call them whatever they want. It's not here. This decision is not informed by the global need. 
nor by any American national security and foreign policy priorities. And we're starting sentences with end. It will not only harm refugees whose lives are at risk, but also America's interest abroad and at home, said Betsy Fisher, policy director at the International Refugee Assistance Project. Did you start from the beginning? Yes, I did. You sure you didn't slide down by accident? I am positive. Okay, that, good. There's nothing up there, see? Okay. Just wanted to make sure. You put it together. Oh. Oh, by the way, I've been eating the most yummy stuff. Uh, Susan got us a whole bunch of wings from town as a treat. And I got to try out their sweet habanero. Buffalo wings. Yeah, they were okay. They weren't hot enough for me. Susan said they were too hot for her. But I think they're not hot at all. But, you know, back in the day, I could just eat a habanero pepper. Not anymore. That was good. I said, next time... Next time she does that, I'm going to tell her it's the hottest thing on the menu. I'm curious. I make my own hot wings, but... It's messy. Uh, where were we? Oh, yeah. Accepting refugees has been deeply controversial in the U.S., President Obama's move to raise the cap in his final years drew a feverish backlash from security analysts and was part of the impetus for President Trump's campaign promise of a travel ban. American officials say criticism of the U.S. is based in part on a game of semantics. Other countries term all foreigners seeking humanitarian protections to be refugees. But the U.S. breaks them down into two categories— Refugees are those who apply from the outside, from outside the U.S., and asylum seekers are refugees who manage to reach American soil and then apply. When viewed that way, the U.S. will accept 280,000 asylum seekers next year, in addition to the 30,000 refugees, Mr. Pompeo said. He said the U.S. is already struggling with 800,000 asylum petitions pending in the system. The backlog was built up as a surge of people from Central America lodged asylum claims. Yeah, after Obamanists advertised in Central America. Yes, they, oh, yes, he, oh, yes, they did. In previous years, they would have been classified as illegal immigrants, aliens, and quickly deported. When refugees and asylum seekers are counted together, Mr. Pompeo said, the U.S. is the most generous nation in the world. He said hundreds of thousands of people granted temporary protection status while their countries recover from earthquakes, hurricanes, war, or disease should be counted as part of America's humanitarian efforts. Some will characterize the refugee ceiling as the sole barometer of America's commitment to vulnerable people around the world. This would be wrong, he said. The refugee program came under intense scrutiny in the final years of the last administration, particular after Mr. Caesar Obamanus said the U.S. would start making, taking more people from Syria amid the country's civil war and threats from the Islamic State. Defenders of refugees say they are the most vetted of any foreigners the U.S. admits. 
That's impossible. They have no background, paperwork, nothing. How, you can't vet people that have no paperwork, that have no records. When Security Island said there was no way to be sure of the identity of people attempting to enter from places such as Syria, where the U.S. didn't get cooperation from the government and where the chaos made it impossible to check back stories. In Mr. Obama's final year overseeing refugees, the U.S. took in more than 12,000 from Syria and nearly 10,000 more from Iraq. In the current fiscal year, the U.S. has admitted just 60 from Syria and 132 from Iraq. That's, this doesn't include the lottery recipients. No, not, not the cash lottery, the immigration lottery. That the people over there sell to terrorists so the terrorists can come over here. This is a fact. Why are we still allowing it? Uh, in the fiscal, in the current fiscal year, the U.S. has admitted uh, just 60 Syria, 132 from Iraq, Mr. Pompeo in announcing the lower refugee numbers Monday, pointed to security concerns. He said one person with ties to the Islamic State managed to sneak in as a refugee from Iraq. Other refugees have managed to conceal criminal backgrounds in their refugee cases, he said. The American people must have complete confidence that everyone granted resettlement in our country is thoroughly vetted. The security checks take time, but they're critical, the secretary said. Again, the left doesn't care about your security. They're trying to ensure their power. They're trying to get back their power and make sure it never goes away again. They will bury us if we go back to the Democrats. If they, if you, if they people vote them in and, and we don't vote in, whoever's the opposite. It. It could turn out to be really bad for this country. We could have another Obama. Oh, heck, we could have a de- an open Democrat socialist. Come on now. We can't allow this to happen. I don't want to care. I don't want to hear about Never Trump. I don't want to care about it. I'm not going to. I don't want to hear from people that ain't going to do. Because all we need now is people that are going to do. That he go out there and save this country from those kooks. They've been trying to overthrow us since the early 1900s. Actually, the early 1900s, late 1800s. All right, again, from World Net Daily, a bill that targets the problem of radicalizations by creating a national terrorist registry past the House of Representatives. It would help the United States track dozens of convicted terrorists whose prison terms are nearing completion, points out Patrick Dunleavy, a former Deputy Inspector General for the New York State Department of Corrections. Boy, when New York State wants to do something, you know it's serious. Because <laughs> they're, they're left-wing kooks. The terrorist release announcements to Counter Extremist Recidivism Act, or TRACER, would direct the Department of Homeland Security and the Justice Department to inform state 
and local authorities of anticipated release dates and where the released terrorists will live. Dunleavy, writing for the investigative project on terrorism, notes that most of the hundreds of people convicted of terrorist-related offenses since the 1993 World Trade Center bombing were motivated by a radical Islamic ideology which calls for the destruction of the United States and Western democracies. The Bureau of Prisons and the Justice Department, he emphasized, have struggled to develop a viable de-radicalization or post-released program. A companion bill in the Senate awaits action from the Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. And why did it just do that? Again. Anyway, uh, Bureau of Prisons and Justice Department emphasize have struggled to develop a viable radicalization or post-release program. I did it again. It's getting annoying. Uh, Trace some of them. The Congress wants to be it wants a viable program to ensure that radicalization is not taking place because it is. Dunleavy testified about prison radicalization in 2011 before the House Homeland Security Committee. He told the lawmakers that recognition that Islamic radicalization occurs in prison was a necessary first step. At the time, he also urged Congress to initiate a comprehensive program that included information sharing among federal, state, and local authorities. Dunleavy believes a House bill will serve that purpose. As World Net Daily reported, Dunleavy has compiled evidence that for many Islamic terrorists who end up in U.S. prisons, jihad does not stop. He has been a target of the Council on American-Islamic Relations, for his course to military personnel on terrorism. This is what Muslims do. They cry the victim card until they're able to kill you out. They play on your your stupid sympathies. Please, educate yourself. Don't listen to other people categorize anything for you. Do your own research. You think Islam is the religion of peace? Prove it. In so doing, you will prove to yourself you were wrong. But go ahead. Try and prove me wrong. I've studied the religion and the history of and everything. So go, go ahead. Have fun. Okay, from uh, one of my favorite websites, Jihad Watch. La, 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 la. <laughs> Note carefully that he claims not to have understood... Omar Faraj Saeed Al-Hardan, who came to the U.S. in 2009, alleges that U.S. District Judge Lynn Hodges did not clearly advise him that he faced a possible life term for violating federal probation if he entered a guilty plea. He would not have entered a guilty plea if he understood that a violation of supervised release would result in a lifetime in prison. So he is asking for a new trial based on a claim not to have understood what would happen if he violated probation. How do they get reputation like this? And, and uh, people, our own citizens don't get lawyers to do this for just the regular folks around. Because we are despised. 
brown people are loved. I have no idea why. They certainly don't earn it. Non-citizens are the darlings. And I don't know why they're usually sub subpar. Because even even for this state of affairs, I, I, I know. We are second-class citizens. We do not – a citizen in this United States, especially a white citizen, I don't care if it's a woman or a man, are despised. We are evil. Evil woman. Okay. So he breaks out in song. <laughs> so he's asking – well, it has lightened the mood a little bit. <clears throat> so he's asking for a new trial based on a claim – not to have understood what would happen if he violated probation. He has an attorney. Why did his attorney advise him of that before he made his plea? Why did the judge have to? The no, attorney this is, no, should No, they're have. asking for a new trial. No, I know that, but if he didn't understand, his his attorney should made, have made him, made right, sure. That's, and that's what... That's the, not the judge's That's what dog. the judge should say. And so, no, I will not grant you, you a, a new, new trial. trial. Right. You will have to do the time because you did the crime. No, it's true. I almost broke out in song again. <laughs> uh, no, but that's what I was thinking when I was reading this. Why? Why are they blaming the judge? That's the attorney's job. Well, it's not the yeah, it's not the job of the judge to advise the client. No. <laughs> that's, the, that's why they have an attorney. And if he if he could prove that he didn't do a good job, maybe or he'd do his job properly, but I, but he he can't. So, clearly then, he intends to violate probation and should get neither a new trial or probation. But this ridiculous story illustrates the fact that claims of victimhood never end, even after conviction. Islam was founded on victimhood. Look it up. Would-be ISIS supporter in Houston says he didn't understand terms of guilty plea. Wants new trial. By Gabriel Banks, Houston Chronicle, September 12, 2018. Thanks to Creeping Sharia. Another one of my favorite sites. A Palestinian refugee in Houston, convicted of attempting to back Islamic State terrorists overseas, is seeking a new federal trial, claiming he didn't understand the consequences of violating the terms of his supervised relief when he pled guilty. Is this a new one or the same one? It's the same guy. Why am I still reading about it then? Because they keep repeating it. I know. I think you did stuff. No, they kept repeating it. I read this whole thing. I read all this. Maybe this, however, that we read. Violating federal probation, guilty plea, blah, blah, blah. Filed Tuesday, Al Hardan, who had an Arabic interpreter for the proceeding, also says his court-appointed lawyer failed to ensure that the judge advised him of this possibility. Now, first of all, he's got a lawyer right now, right? Well, then the lawyer should say that's not how it works. The lawyer doesn't ensure the judge says anything. The judge decides what the lawyers can't say. So he's in this country since 2009 and he can't speak English? How does he get a job? Why are you asking me? He has because a court-appointed po- interpreter? He probably goes to Little Islam somewhere in the United States. There's lots of them. And uh, they say he has a job even if he doesn't. And if not, they give him a job. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are officially being invaded. We are at war with each other and these pieces of crap. Arm yourself. Again, they don't sure judges inform you of anything. That's not how it works. However, she wants to go to break. Uh, uh. All right, we're going to go to a break. It's a Co-op Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots, common sense, conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio, featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-245-1375. Call right now. That number again is 800-245-1375. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the Term Lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813. 
This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details. Not available in all states. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drug alcohol and bad influences with the fmla people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it call quit drugs 321 now at 800-377-1456 800-377-1456 800-377-1456 that's 800-377-1456 Investing is a long-term process. How many times can you think of in the last decade that the stock market has destroyed retirement funds for people just like you and me? For your existing IRA, you need the security that gold has provided for centuries. Remember, gold has never been worth zero. Capital Gold would like to introduce you to the Home Storage Gold IRA. It's a self-directed IRA set up with all the protection and tax benefits of an LLC. But the big difference in this IRA is you invest in gold and you hold it in your possession. You can't do that with stocks. That's security. You can transfer any type of IRA hassle-free in days. Please call right now and learn more, and we'll waive the $500 setup fee and give you a free safe to store your gold. Call 800-515-6302. That's 800-515-6302. Cooperative Radio Show, hour half of two. Not much time left. All right, where was I in this thing? However, David Adler, Al Hardin's court-appointed trial lawyer, noted in an email that the judge appears to have warned Al Hardin about this scenario and pointed to a verbatim excerpt of the hearing quoted in Al Hardin's appellate brief. You do realize we're paying for this brown piece of crap that isn't even a real citizen here. Yep. And a document filed Tuesday with the 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Hughes is quoted as saying at Al Hardan's 2016 plea hearing, Now, the maximum penalty. I'm not saying this is what I'm going to give you. That the statute would allow on your plea of guilty is for you to be in prison for 20 years find $250,000 and supervised release with up to your up to life and there is a $100 tax. Do you have any question about the punishment? After a back and forth with the judge, the defendant said he understood. He was sentenced the 25-year-old father in December 2016 
to 16 years in prison and a lifetime of supervised release. al Hadan pleaded guilty on October 17, 2016, to attempting to provide support to ISIS, admitting that he associated with jihadists, swore an oath to Islamic State terrorists, lied on a passport application about his affiliation with terrorists, and stockpiled materials to make remote detonators at his West Houston apartment. He also accepted the fact that the government's accusation that he discussed decapitating Americans in support of the jihad struggle, dot, dot, dot. Why would they cut the rest of it? I don't know, and why the heck isn't this guy on a slow boat back to Palestine? How are we admitting Palestinians into this country? This is outrageous. They're worried about this stupid biatch that's accusing because the judge. brown people get special treatment in the immigration system like affirmative action. That's why. Yolanda Jamon, who was appointed to represent al Hadans in the appeal, declined to comment, but she argued in a court filing that her client thought he faced at most 20 years in prison. He would not have entered a plea of guilty if he understood that a violation of supervised release could result in lifetime in prison, as opposed to the statutory maximum of 20 years the judge mentioned during his plea hearing, according to court documents. But, you see, that's the one thing about transcripts. Uh, They bite you in the backside. Where'd you get your law degree from? Pakistan? All right. What is Planned Parenthood up to now? From World Net Daily. You know, they're the only ones that are really focusing on the abortion issue as well as the Muslim issue. You know, besides, you know, Robert Spencer and uh, Pamela Geller. Who also work for World Net Daily. Yeah. Um, Contribute, anyway. They really, they're the only ones that are like dogs with bones on both of these issues. Right, because the lamestream media is in lockstep with the progressive movement and the f- global socialists. Pro- Look, you can call it progressivism if you want. It's just socialism with elitists. A Planned Parenthood campaign to force religious institutions in California to pay for abortions prompted a state agency to change the way it interprets its rules. And now the Ninth U.S. Circus Court of Appeals is being asked to reject the constitutional violations that resulted. For more than four years now, Skyline Church has been forced to pay for and participate in what its religious beliefs sincerely teaches us sin, explains an appeal brief filed with a higher court. It need not wait any longer to vindicate the past and ongoing violations of its constitutional rights. Because the church's claims are ripe, redressable, and meritorious, it respectfully asks the court to reverse the district court's judgment and enter summary judgment in favor of the church on its federal free exercise claim. The new rule interpretation by California Department of Managed Health Care was enacted in 2014 when the state required that all employers include abortion in their insurance policies. Okay, now, I am totally confused. 
Trump put into place something to shield these the religions the religious people from being harassed like this, right? That's a, this is a state issue. Okay, I know it's a state issue, but. Planned Parenthood gets federal funding, do they not? Just like the public schools. Yes, but they claim that that federal funding doesn't go for a Doesn't matter. And, but people buy it, even though it's stupid. But it's they just can... saying, look, if it wasn't for the money coming in from the federal government, we'd have to use our money to do other things, and we wouldn't have the money. So we took the federal government's money and put it towards all the administration costs and fees, anything non-abortion related, and that frees up the rest of the money to do abortions. That's not my point. My but that is the point. That, that is exactly what's going on. That's the shell game they have played. Well, I know the And the, the Democrats game. have continued to perpetuate. Why can the federal government tell the educational system what they can and cannot do, and they can't tell Planned Parenthood what they can and cannot do? Well, they can cut funding anytime they want. Right, but they're getting the funding right now. Why because isn't the federal Congress government... Because Congress hasn't cut the funding. Complain to your congressman. No. Donald Trump put an executive order that you cannot go after these people, the religious people, for abortions. The federal government ago. can't go after them. This isn't the federal government going after the state. It's in the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. Uh, no, I know that this is state, but why can't the federal government tell Planned Parenthood to stop harassing they, people like they do with the with the education system? They tell them what to do all the time. Susan? They're getting federal funding, so they say, we can tell you not, what to this do. This isn't considered harassment. The state passed a law saying that all health care providers must, must provide abortion. Plain and simple. What do you call These insurances this? are state-run insurances. They, they have not opened up across state lines yet, which they need to do. So insurance companies still can't cross state lines. And so these are all state insurance issues. So what do you call but this But I thought, I thought he, was, he was putting something in I, that I was going to allow him to... Sell across state lines. He wants them to be able to sell. That's the only constitutional thing Congress could do: is tell the state you need to stop stopping them from crossing state lines. That's a violation of the Commerce Clause. That's what the Commerce Clause was actually invented for—not to steal all our stuff. Anyway, um, blah blah blah. Previously, religious employers had been exempted from the abortion mandate. The nationwide fight over Obamacare and its mandates for abortion coverage had been raging for some time already by 2014, including Obamanus' efforts to force an organization of Roman Catholic nuns to fund abortions for their employees. Yes, the Little Sisters of the Poor, Franciscan uh, nuns. They were, I was a Franciscan friar. They were our counterpart. They were pretty cool nuns. And yeah, shame on you. How dare you make... And any religious person fund something that goes against their conscience. That That's... That's the spirit of the First Amendment. You know, and you... If you want to talk about spirit of the law... And we say a couple of things that we didn't... We wish the founding fathers had put in and that's one of them and you said they talked about that too originally it was it, there was conscience in there and originally in the bill uh bill of rights madison wanted uh a right to your 
a right to conscience in the First Amendment. But he was shot down. For being the father of the Constitution, nobody ever listened to him about the Constitution. Or Thomas Jefferson. Not that he directly had anything to do with the Constitution. He didn't. He was in France. But he did. He, he was in constant contact with James Madison, uh, his his brother and uh, his brother meaning friend in Virginia, and he sent him back every book on the government that he, that he could find, and James Madison scoured them, and scoured them, and they came and back and forth they came up with the Virginia Plan. So he had some input. He didn't write it. As a matter of fact, the only people to put Constitution to pen was the Committee of Style. Again, you can learn this by just go to cooperativeradio.com and uh, go to the Patriots Pub. Patriots Pub. Just, just the facts covers all this stuff. You'll be brilliant after listening to that. Trust me. Listen from episode one, please, or you'll miss the whole point. So where was I? Uh, including Obamus's efforts to force the Sisters of the Poor. The case made it all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled the government could f- not force the nuns to take action that violated their faith. However, the state of California reinterpreted a state law regarding insurance to require abortion coverage. Churches should be free to follow their deepest convictions without unlawful, unjust government mandates, said Jeremiah Gallus, a legal counsel for the Alliance Defense Freedom. Alliance Defending Freedom, sorry. The Department of Managed Healthcare is misguided in its attempts to force a church to pay for elective abortions. The agency has unconstitutionally targeted religious organizations repeatedly collaborated with pro-abortion advocates and failed to follow the appropriate administrative procedures to institute this mandate on a limited number of Californians. Skyline Wesleyan Church in La Mesa believes it has a religious obligation to care for its employees and because of that belief offers them a general health insurance plan. But the church teaches abortion is incompatible with the Bible. It is. I'm surprised there's even churches left in California. The church bought employee health care plans that excluded elective abortion consistent consistent with its beliefs prior to the change. On August 22nd, however, 2014, however, the state summarily announced to insurers that it was now illegal for them to exclude or limit abortion coverage in their health care plans. It also informed the insurers they didn't need to inform the religious employers that abortion was included in the plans. Oh, isn't that sweet? The resulting lawsuit by the church was dismissed at the trial level because of the judge's claims that the controversy was not ripe for its ruling. What? What are you, a rock star? Government is supposed to be freedom's greatest protector, not its greatest threat, said ADF Senior Counsel Eric Stanley, director of the ADF Center for Christian Ministries. Sadly, California's Department of Managed Health Care 
has repeatedly refused to interpret and apply state law in a matter that protects freedom of conscience. Instead, the department has used underground regulation to compel churches to pay for abortion. That's why we were asking the Ninth Circus to reverse the court, district court's decision. I doubt it seriously. The most overturned court in the land? There's a reason I call it the Ninth Circus. You know, I love it too. Government is supposed to be freedom's greatest protector. <laughs> That's what it was invented for. Yeah. Hasn't been in the United States of America for over 100 years. And now it is in overdrive to kill us. It is our out-and-out enemy. And what do you call this world? The inside-out, upside-down world. Yippers. Man, Brian, I know the old, is, is it a Chinese saying or an Irish saying? Well, both claim credit for it. I, I, I don't like it. May you live in interesting times. I, I don't want to anymore. Yeah, well, that's the I want to be bored. That's the problem with a curse. <laughs> You're not supposed to want it. Please come back, God, more than you have been. The church pointed out that Knox Keene state law had not been cited as support for mandating abortion coverage for 40 years. Uh, I like that not be cited. Isn't that the first thing we got rid of? Religion, God, spirituality in this country. Wasn't that the first thing to hit the floor? No, not by, not by a long shot. Prayer in schools was in the uh, 1960s, I believe, early. So we didn't take prayer to schools till then. Well, it was a lot of crap going on to destroy this country long before that. FDR, Tommy the Company, Woodrow Wilson, Harding, uh, not Harding, uh, Hoover. Uh, who was the guy that was uh, actually the first president that wasn't a, uh, wasn't a natural born citizen? Chester. A. Arthur. Chester A. Arthur. Look up that, look at how much trouble he went to to hide that just one of his parents were a citizen. And uh, keep thinking that I'm crazy for telling you, that was the definition at the time, born of two citizens. Not one, two. Born of one, you're native born. Born of two, you're natural born. Alright, where was I with this? Then, in February 2014, Planned Parenthood sent the DMHC a legal analysis claiming that coverage was required. The abortion industry giant threatened the state with a new legislate with new legislative action, but said it would forego that effort in exchange for an administrative solution, provided that the DMHC agreed to not approve any further plans that exclude coverage for abortion. It also demanded the state admit there is no such thing as an elective or voluntary abortion exclusion. The abortionists told the state they had reviewed federal law on conscious protections and religious exclusions and said they were no barrier for California to do what the abortionists demanded. The result was the state agency told insurers that because of its new interpretation, exemptions to abortion coverage requirement were no longer allowed. What a disgusting state of affairs. The People's Republic of California. We're, the, all the states are turning into this, Brian. Oh, I'm under, I, I am aware. Well, not all. You know, think about how many voted for Trump. So there's a whole bunch of us in the middle of the country that hates all of this. 
Again from World Net Daily, a new requirement in Missouri that abortionists have hospital-admitting privileges prompted at least in part by a St. Louis Planned Parenthood business that has sent at least 69 women to hospitals and ambulances have been endorsed by a federal appeals court. 69. Do you know what I keep hearing with this stupid Kavanaugh hearing crap? If we get rid of Roe today, women are going to be dying. You got Planned Parenthood. Women are dying. You stupid biatches. I can't stand to hear their voices anymore. And I'm talking about the senators. Especially that, that doofus woman from Hawaii, a one-party state. Yeah, Feinstein? No, 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 no. No, Ma- I know. Maeve, something or other. I know. Her too and Feinstein, you're a disgusting disgrace. So Go retire. Feinstein said a truth and then took it back. She said she has no idea whether the woman is telling the truth about Kavanaugh. Then they said, you got to walk that back. And so she had to come out and make a correction. This woman is the least credible person to ever come forward and claim such a thing ever. In the history of ever. She has nothing to back it up. People she saved that was with her said that that never happened. Her, her own witness says it didn't happen. I don't want to start. Don't. 65 women came back in support of him. This and this woman, and they were, they're just touting this like it's something. They're going to hold hearings on it to delay Kavanaugh's appointment. What are you, nuts? Any, this is the new thing. Haven't you noticed? Yeah. Always, always, always. Sexual harassment. It's, sexual you know harassment. Started, sexual harassment. It started with the pizza guy. Remember, uh, what's that black man? Entrepreneur Godfather's Pizza. Oh, um... I told everybody then that was absolute, Herman Cain. absolute BS. And the minute he dropped out of the race, they were going to disappear. And that's exactly what happened. Herman Cain. Yep. And this woman is another full of crapper. No, I, and I got to tell you that... I will only go before the Congress a committee a, after the FBI's done with his investigation. I'm sorry, when did the FBI start working for you? The, it goes deeper than that, Brian. That's why I didn't want... I don't want to discuss this, this disgusting mess up here. It's gross. But I really, really... This is the new thing, though, because even in the private but sector... But the women are allow, the women are allowing this to, them to be used like this. They're not being... They don't think they're being used. They're, are you kidding most me? Most of these are voluntary. They want to do this. They want to stop him. See, she wants to stop him no matter what. We can't have... Trump get another person, another conservative on the bench, someone that follows the rule of law. That will restore the rule of law, and our whole our whole agenda will fall apart. That's right. That's that's exactly what's. That's what we wanted. Right. It's exactly why they don't want it, and it's exactly why they will do anything to stop you. You get it yet? This is their new weapon. Sexual claims. Sexual. Having you noticed, just constant, constant, constant. And if you pay attention, it's happening in the private sector as well. Getting back at people by claiming sexual assault. Destroying your political people in politics that you disagree with. Sexual assault. This is th- I'm telling you, it's just going to keep happening and happening if, if you keep buying into it. Look, she if she has no case about anything, even if it happened, and it, everybody says it did, even if it did happen, statute of limitations has run out. There's nothing to get done about it. So this is a smear campaign and nothing more. But I'm out of time. It's your Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Botter from UncooperativeBlogger.com. You're listening to UncooperativeRadio.com. 
And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're at it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.